0: You're listening to the ESO Network. Your station for all things geek. Ian, look at
1: this. What well, it's a police box.
0: What on earth are you doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street. Feel oh, it. Feel it,
2: you feel it? A
1: hey, vibration. It's
2: alive.
0: Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the Doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this.
1: Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. That's right, folks, we are back Boy, we got some big news. You know, we do a San Diego Comic-Con review last episode, and, you know, we talked about the new panel, the new companions, what's going to be happening with Doctor Who this next season, and literally, the day we go live with that episode, there's a little announcement that comes out of BBC and out of the UK that we are going to be getting a new Doctor. That's right. Jodie is leaving. And so is Chris Chibnall. I'm pausing there because I'm sure people are cheering for that part. So I wanted to, you know, not be talked over by the cheering and yelling and screaming and everything. So it's going to be very interesting. Are we disappointed? Are we excited to talk all about that? We're going to have to find out tonight because we've got a great crew to talk all about that. But also... Also, what we were originally going to talk about tonight, we're still going to be talking about. We are doing the Big Finish Audio Jubilee featuring Colin Baker as the Sixth Doctor. And it has a lot of ramifications for stories that came later in Doctor Who, namely Dalek, the Ninth Doctor story, and some other stuff too, so I'll be very interested to talk to the guys who are going to be joining me tonight sadly enough we have no mary ogle i hope she's doing okay and we love you like, mary we miss you second episode in the row we're missing you but we also have replacing mary someone who's just as fun to talk to we have matthew kressel
0: oh good morning good evening wherever you may be
1: yes 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 it's good to have you here sir it hasn't been that long since you've been here So it's, but it's fun because when I, originally when we were going to have you on, it was just talking about Big Finish, but we've got some bonus stuff to talk about.
0: Oh, yes. Lots and lots of bonus stuff.
1: Yes. So we will jump into that in a few minutes, but of course we also have Mr. Mike Gordon joining us still. Howdy. And not still like, oh, Mike Gordon's here, but no, Mike Gordon's still here. So it's it's good.
2: It's pretty much no. Mike Gordon's still here. (laughs) You know,
1: it's like. That chain is working that we've had for the last almost 10 years on him. So it's pretty awesome that, you know, it's cool that we have him here tonight. And it's great to have Matthew and it's great to have you listening. So it's, it's a weird time to be a Doctor Who fan right now. And we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please tell us, you know, your thoughts on what's going on with Doctor Who. Because we got a couple people, you know, who piped in on the website and also on Facebook talking about, you know, the panel at San Diego and such. So it was, you know, some enjoyment there. But I'm curious to what you guys think about Jody leaving and Chris, you know, leaving too. So are we basically, you know. Definitely want to hear from you. So please write us feedback at earthstationwho.com. Please let us know what you think. Of course, you know, we please ask that you leave us reviews. Five stars. That's all we ask for is five stars for wherever you listen to it. You know, you might be listening on to grandpa's podcast uh, browser or something. And, you know, there you give us five shoes. But, you know, five stars is the general. Five so we, out of ten, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's, you know, duh. I don't i don't reach for the stars i make them so it's literally cool. so it's cool so it's awesome that you know people are listening and it's always great hearing from folks that they you know talking about it uh we also did get our information a little bit we do know we have two panels going on at dragon con but we will talk about that at the end of the show so hopefully you know you'll stick with us through that of course let's jump in with both feet New doctor alert. New doctor alert. I think some of these newspapers have been pr- uh, predicting this since the day after Jodi was announced as the doctor, pretty much. And it's, it was announced you know, this week that Jodi is going to be staying for the full season uh, that's going to be coming up later this year. But they also said she's going to be doing three specials in 2022. And at the one that they're going to be doing next fall... That's when she'll be regenerating at the end of it. So this is not leading into the 60th anniversary because that's still another year away past that. So it'll be very interesting to see what's going on with all that. What are your guys' initial thoughts about uh, Jody leaving and Chris leaving? Echoes. Okay. I, was, I, was wow.
2: I thought Matthew was going to do. Matthew looked like he was going to talk, and I know. Right? No, I was, like... was going to
1: let
0: my. I was going to let Mike go first. You know, gonna I was going to say here, you, so... go
1: first, gonna, you go first, for, and going to you go first. The,
2: the guest could go first.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm sad that Jody's leaving. I had really hoped that she would stick around till the 60th. Uh, Chibnall, I have more mixed feelings about, which I, you know, as somebody who hasn't been quite as down on, on the current era in terms of Chibnall's writing as as some folks, I've I've enjoyed a lot of what Chibnall's done with it, particularly this most recent season. And was very much looking forward to what we're going to get, hopefully, in the autumn. So I'm I'm a little disappointed too that he's leaving. Um, very surprised though that they're going to be leaving in 2022, to the extent that I'm wondering. You know, we've never had an anniversary year when the show was still running, where you basically had to establish a new doctor in the lead up to the anniversary. Everybody had been there for at least a couple of years, uh, thinking about Peter Davison in 83, you know. That was
1: Peter's second season.
0: That was Peter's second season. Right. You know, uh, Pertwee was on season four and, you know, Smith was on his last season. He had done three seasons. So it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to handle it, basically doing, presumably doing a whole season's worth of stories with a new Doctor, and then going into the 50th, or 60th, I should say.
1: Yeah, you're, you're showing your age now, Matthew. <laughs>
0: yeah, I It feels like only yesterday that it was 2013, and we were all excited for the day of the Doctor.
1: Oh, yes, we were.
0: Oh, uh, but I mean, the big question for me, actually, isn't so much who the new showrunner is going to be, or who the new Doctor is going to be, though I'm excited to find out both of those. Uh, My big question is, is Jodi going to come back to be in the 60th, given that she's literally going to be out of the part for, what, a year at most?
1: At the most.
0: Yeah,
2: and then going to jump right back into the part. It'll it'll be interesting to see. uh, They're going to, you know, they already have a precedent for that, Matthew. They're just going to have a stand-in, and then they're going to use footage that we didn't get to see from an episode of... Of, of during her run just like you know they did with tom well what's yeah. their, what no mike <laughs> it's gonna be
1: real easy there's just, so scenes from shada and just paste her head on Tom's head exactly just <laughs> CG,
2: they'll just see cg your face on those yeah yeah uh yeah that's a good well we don't know we don't know what they have in store whether any of the doctor past doctors are going to return there's yeah. a history of past doctors returning for anniversary episodes to be sure Um, So it's logical to think that they will be there or in some form, but uh, who knows, right?
1: It's interesting because we had predicted for probably the last six months, seven months now, that the whole thing with the Timeless Child was leading into the 60th anniversary special, Mm. that they were going towards that. And it would have been great to do that as a multi-doctor story. And, but obviously, no, (laughs) no. but yeah. they're not that thing forward thinking. They decided that, you know, they... Or they
2: are, we don't know what their plans are. They might, they might, I think, you know, I think, look, I think the BBC already knows who the showrunner is. The next showrunner is, uh, they're not going to announce it right now, but, or, but I think they already know, or they have a good idea. And I'm pretty sure that person, whoever it is, has a pretty good idea of what to, what they want to do.
1: You would hope. So you I would think hope. they have, I yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, yes. I I mean, it is a lot to ask, but I I would say, you know, I I would hope that that's the case. I mean, certainly it makes sense if that were the case. Um, Look, I, as far as me, I, you know, I was surprised of the timing of this announcement, but not really. And I was not surprised that, that Jody and Chris were leaving together. Uh, You know, uh, Chris is the reason Jody's there and Jody's the reasons Chris is there in that position. So I, I feel like, you know, they're, they would just not want to be doing this without the other
1: mm-hmm.
2: um so um the thing that uh, that surprised me uh, uh apart from the timing of the announcement was that you know they originally announced that they were the BBC was cutting uh this season down from 11 episodes to uh 8, eight, eight. right Yeah. So, and then we find out, you know, in San Diego that it's all going to be one storyline. And so we assumed, (laughs) stupidly, we assumed that that all eight episodes were going to be one story, but that's not the case. It's going to be one story that's six episodes followed by two specials, which that's going to include the eight. And then they, I think they even had to like, uh enlist jody and chris to do another episode uh to celebrate another anniversary the bbc's 100th anniversary so so that'll be the last one that they uh are actually working on but i don't think that one is originally part of their deal so i think they had to they had to resign sort of to do to take part in that one is my understanding
0: Yeah, I mean, it's what happened with uh, Capaldi and Moffat, because they weren't supposed to do uh, Twice Upon a Time to begin with. and They ended up coming, both of them ended up coming back to do it because Chipnall didn't want to do a Christmas special as his first outing, which is, you know, totally understandable in that circumstance as well.
2: Uh, You know, so, you know, for all those of us who thought we might get eight episodes this season, uh, this, this, you know, this year, uh, we're going to only get six. Mm -hmm. Um, so, which is fine, you know, that, that, you know, as long as there's six good episodes, I mean, this is, this is Chibnall's chance to go out right, like to go, he should throw everything into it. And, and, you know, I mean, make it completely his and for better or for worse. Uh, we're gonna get it. Um, I so my...
1: I so want to eat crow on that. I really want to eat crow, but
2: I would love to like you know because I think I think we established that Chris's um, strong point is long story arcs, long season, long story arcs. Yes, uh, yes,
1: and no. It's there was parts of Broadchurch even towards the end of season one where it was starting to wane a little bit, and you know I think it redeemed itself at the very end. But I thought, you know, he lost his way for a bit and because I thought it was just a little bit too long. If but it wasn't makes... just six episodes. No, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, so. So.
2: Um, and look, you know, I mean, we do get uh, now uh, nine episodes, nine stories with Jody. And, um, you know, do I wish that we had gotten to see Jody without Chris? Yes. Yes. Oh, 100%. Um, Yeah. But, but, you know, I mean, they're they're forever going to be linked together. And, uh, you know, there's not really anything we can do about that until, you know, maybe five or six years from now when Jody starts doing Big Finish. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And it's interesting (laughs) because... I'm going to be very curious because I've been hearing a ton of people saying, oh, Jodie is the Colin Baker of the new era that, you know, she's a great doctor, but with really weak stories because Colin, as we're going to find out when we talk about Jubilee a little bit later, he blossomed with big finish and it was his chance to shine with good stories finally and showing how good of a character he could have been as the doctor. I think we're going to find that a lot with Jody. also. I think she's been brilliant at times. I truly think she has, I see shines of brilliance. She's just been handed some really crap stories. And I don't blame Chibnall 100% on that. But as the showrunner, he should. That's why I blame him. Yeah. He should have, you know, taken a little better control. You know, they had all these plans. They even had a writing room at one point yeah but
0: the writing room apparently fell apart
1: yeah exactly (laughs) exactly and so i'm going to be very curious to see what this next season brings and the final three so
2: you can't say he wasn't ambitious uh you know the timeless child story and i think we now probably have to believe that The the next season and maybe even spilling over that is going to be resolving or at least dealing with that that storyline, explaining a little bit more in detail about it. Because, look, you don't just you know you don't just drop that on everybody and then just go peace out. (laughs) Oh
0: well, classic. Who did left, right, and center? You think about you think about you know all the Time Lord revelations in the War Games of the Deadly Assassin, and it took them how long to get back to Gallifrey to deal with any of that? I mean, um. I, I'd be very surprised if they if Chibnall goes back and touches the Timeless Children stuff with a ten foot pole. Wow. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think he's going to make much use of it. There may be references to it. I would be very surprised if it becomes the big arc thing of series thirteen, as it were, as we go back mm. into it. Wow. I just. I think it's one of those things it's it's there. it's like Lone Barrow was for the wilderness era. It's a bombshell dropped into the middle of it, and people can make of it what they what they want to or what they don't want to
2: well, that would be interesting i I don't foresee that, but um who knows uh who knows? Yes. Uh, but I, 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 um, look, and then, you know, the other, you know, with that announcement, of course, the other big question is who's going to come in as a new doctor, who's going to come in as the new showrunner, et cetera, et cetera. I, um, uh, I have no ideas on speculation as to who either could be. Um, and at this point, I don't even really want to put too much faith in, uh, anything that I've heard, or even my own thoughts of like, who might be good, because, I'm not going to try to get invested in something that's not going to happen. So uh, it's better off just to wait and see who it is that is finally ultimately announced and then then go from there. You know, but I, I do believe that, you know, because this did not come as a surprise to the BBC, because Chris, I think, said in an interview recently that or maybe Jody said it. One of the two said when they first agreed to do this, they said we're going to do three in and then out. Like they both said that they, from from the beginning, it was their intention to do three in and out, which, you know, that's pretty much an established pattern now with most doctors and showrunners. runners. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, there's no big surprise that they're doing it. It's just because that they're on the brink, you know, they're leaving at the, on the eve of one of the big anniversaries, which is just as Matthew already pointed out is, is not really a usual thing.
1: Mm. Yeah. Not at all. I, I'm torn because I really wanted to see her continue on past the Chibnall era. I wanted to see her shine, but like we've said before, she has a very close relationship with Chris and it'll be, it would have, you know, it's like you said, because of her, we got Chris and because of Chris, we got her on the show and I'm I'm excited to see what comes. I, I hope history is kinder to her doctor than it has been for some of the past ones, but we'll have to wait and see who do I want to see as the next doctor. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard any one of the rumors that I'm just excited about. And and I don't go by rumors anyway. And I haven't even thought about showrunners and everything. You know, it was funny. I posted on Earth Station Who the other day. Uh, JMS was out there saying, hey, if they'll take an American, I would love to throw my hat in to be a you know a showrunner for the show. Um, but, you know, a lot of people backtracked on that one. Said, nope, nope. I'd like to see him do a show or two. But not as a showrunner, including my co-host here.
2: Yeah, I didn't backtrack. I I immediately said that. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I I mean I like Babylon 5 and everything, but you know, uh JMS hasn't in my opinion done anything significant after that and I don't know if I trust him with the keys to this this Tardis. So, um uh and it does, you know, I mean obviously it would be great if it if the showrunner was British. Obviously if it would be great if the Next, uh Doctor uh, Cast was British, and that's about the only thing that I think you know would would uh, would be cool. But I'm like I said, I'm open to whatever they want to do. So if they if they want to take it in a different direction, I, I'm I'm curious to see what they've got in mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, past experience with me has just taught me you know that there's no virtue, as you said, Mike, about it in speculating too wildly. About all of it, and because I think partially too that because there's been speculation about who's going to replace Jodie front since the day she was announced, basically, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: particularly from certain darker corners of fandom, shall we say? I think I'm just burnt out on, on the whole speculation thing, anyways. Especially, you know, when said people were also saying that she was going to regenerate, you know, back in Revolution of the Daleks earlier in the year. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm in no mood to kind of speculate, but I, I'm, you know, and I'm I would have been very happy to have seen her carry on with a different showrunner and a whole different regime. But I think because of the way the way British television is made has now changed so much since Classic coup when you have like Tom Baker going through three producers or even Patrick Troughton, you know, in three years went through what, three or four producers. Right. Um, that's just not how it's made anymore. And, you know, I think it would have been great to have seen her under a different showrunner, as you said, to kind of get an idea of what else was there for that character, what else might be done. But, you know, Stephen Moffat originally only planned on staying as long as Matt Smith did. And as Moffat has said in interviews, the only reason he stuck around for Capaldi was because that final year was just a chaotic year in terms of production stuff. And he was basically like, I want to go out on better terms with my favorite show Mm -hmm. than I had a year from hell trying to make it.
2: Yeah, I think Um, he got kind of side, uh, like, um, what's the, blindsided by the fact that Matt left so soon.
0: Yeah, because Uh,
2: there was a lot of things he wanted to finish up. So,
0: yeah, because I think Matt had originally signed on for three years with an option for a fourth. And I think that everybody, everybody but Smith apparently thought he was going to do a fourth
2: year. Yeah.
0: Um, But, you know, it, well, Jody's episodes, actual number of episodes is going to be smaller. She's sticking around for about the same amount of time as Tenet because Tenet did three seasons and then did a whole thing was worth of specials. So, you know, she, she got she had a good running and I'm quite happy with that. So but Tenet
1: did four specials, not just three. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Also true. But, you know, you know, as I was gonna say, who's being pedantic, but that's Doctor Who fandom for you.
1: Well, exactly. And folks, let's get this out there. Jody and Chris were not fired by the BBC. They, I,
2: don't, I don't believe that. They were. I don't no, believe that either. No,
1: They were not. And so many people are saying, oh, that's what really happened. They were because of low ratings, because of turmoil in the set. And it's like, no, get out of that. Come on, folks. That's not what happened. This is all, you know, they decided to leave mutually. And it was, you know, and you know what? Maybe they feel like they've told their tales. They can't go any further. And you know what? If they were fired, BBC would not invite them to do the hundredth anniversary special. You know, <laughs> probably come probably on, not, yeah, right. yeah. You know. I mean,
0: if you know, if they come were on, going, to, yeah, if they were going to be fired over the ratings from last season, they wouldn't have been invited to come make a, a whole another season plus three specials. But this is not how this works.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah, the BBC has got some uh, weird stuff that they do, but they're not that weird. Um, so, uh, but no, I mean, it was interesting. Uh, like I said, the timing was weird, but um, I uh, I am still excited um, for the new season. Maybe, maybe, you know, credit to them, maybe a little bit more excited because I think, uh, you know, when we talked before, I think I was like, I was excited, but I wasn't like uber excited. I don't know if I'm really like, you know, edge of my seat excited, but knowing that this is going to be the last big story that they're going to tell, it puts a little bit more excitement, enthusiasm in me uh, because um, you know, I'm I'm eager to see what they're going to do to sort of, you know, their swan song, so to speak.
1: Mm -hmm. It's, it's interesting because, you know, let's hope, everything moves forward and we get some great stories and you know, I'm sure we'll be talking all about it when they announce the new showrunner and the new doctor. Yeah. So, and I'm sure we'll finally get rid of that awful ugly TARDIS interior. So it'll even be better. Maybe. Yeah.
0: I (laughs) like that interior. Thank you very
1: much. (laughs) Okay. Well, there we have it folks. So, all right, but you know, it's to each their own and everyone has their favorites and you know, just remember, there's a, a couple dozen desktops in there, so it's okay. <laughs> so it'll be cool. And I laughed my ass off. Fan signing petition to get Capaldi back as the doctor. You had your chance, people, you know? Yeah. So, no. I
0: was just reading an interview he did today saying that he doesn't know if he'll even be back for the 60th, let alone, you know, people bringing him back in to play the part full time. So. Yeah, he's figure. been on
2: a he's been on a press tour because of the suicide squad and everything and and to be honest with you, he hasn't he hasn't really like said anything terribly insulting, but I noticed that when he's asked about Doctor Who, he's not really that enthusiastic about it. Um I think he feels like that's that's a a chapter that's over and uh and done with. So, which is not to say that, you know, look, uh, you know, even We might just get even Angry Eyebrows back at some point. So, Yeah.
1: I would love just, you know, for the 60th anniversary, if we see Angry Eyebrows for, like, 30 seconds. I'll be, okay, that's cool. I'll no, what, Doctor, there's not 12. There's 13 Tardises. One,
2: one thing, uh, you know, as if, you know, joining Doctor Who wasn't intimidating enough, wasn't enough of a challenge. Coming up with a new Doctor itself is a big challenge. But then... You know, and then trying to to create an anniversary special that's even halfway as good as the last one, man, I do not envy anybody in that position because uh, you know, I say what you will about you know, and I know people will do about Stephen Moffat. The fiftieth anniversary is one of the best Doctor Who things I've ever seen, and uh, good luck, <laughs> good luck to who's ever coming aboard and saying, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle that.
1: Hmm. Exactly, because you know we'll start taking bets. How long after they announce the new doctor is it going to be that that doctor's leaving the show? So
2: yeah. Oh well, it'll be in the uh, in, you know it'll be in the sun times like uh, what the next week.
1: Hmm. So and so's not happy with being the doctor, planning on leaving after one season. It's like, yeah, whatever.
0: Surprise regeneration midway through first episode. It's, <laughs> it's a swerve
1: exactly know they'll have like six regenerations in the one episode uh
0: curse of fatal death <laughs> voice. exactly exactly,
1: exactly. Be... it's joanna lumley again awesome
2: you know uh just to be different you know if they pulled off if they did something like that that would be pretty amazing but it, uh, yeah but i you know who knows uh like you know that again that's in the speculation and I don't want to come up with an idea that I think is too cool for school. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm just going to let them let them do what they need to do and, and uh, hope for the best.
1: I don't want to see a whole episode with the whole time the doctor going, oh, you know, the, and you know, bursting into flames every 30 seconds or something changing into another actor. <laughs> <laughs> And then you could, for fun of it, one of the actors will be a ginger just so they could say he's been a ginger or something. He or she has been a ginger. So it would be interesting to see. But, yes, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And, of course, we'll follow along. And definitely would love to hear your opinions. Please let us know. Feedback at ourstationwho.com. All right. Let's take a quick break. And we're going to be back with Jubilee.
0: Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today
2: dragon con 2021 is scheduled for labor day weekend
0: and whether it's an in-person event or once again goes virtual the dragon con report podcast crew will cover the con right up to the big event
2: so sit back with your bucket of brun dragon's mead apple pie or whatever your beverage of choice and tune in to the latest news notes interviews discussions and even a dragon tailor too on the dragon con report a proud member of the eso network check us out at dragonconreport.com
1: Welcome back. Now we are going back to 2003, when we are going to be looking at Jubilee, the Six Doctor story featuring companion Evelyn Smythe. And it is going to... This is actually the first time I've actually heard Evelyn on a big finish. I haven't listened to a ton of Six Doctors, so I don't know if she was around for long or not. So, But Matthew is the expert here, so...
0: Oh yeah, she was she was the uh, first original Big Finish companion. She was introduced uh back in two thousand in the Marion Conspiracy and she was one of the long running companions uh for the early years of the mod well, the monthly range as Big Finish uh ended up calling it in later days. Um, appearing in stories I think all the way through twenty twelve and oh wow. Unfortunately, Maggie, yeah, Maggie Stables, uh, who's the actress who played her, unfortunately passed away a few years ago. So
1: Wow. She was a great character, though. I liked her a lot. So, basically, the storyline is the Doctor and Evelyn uh, go to London, and something goes haywire with the TARDIS and changes time. And basically, there's a Dalek war, and they don't remember any of it, and they end up on the the eve of Jubilee in London as part of the great British empire. So it was interesting to, to hear the story. Um, so this was not my first time listening to it. I've listened to it probably about five, six years ago. What about you, Mikey? Was this your first?
2: It's my first time. Uh, I don't even know if I've listened to a six doctor solo adventure from big finish before. So, um, but I'd heard, A number of good things um about this particular story as well as the sixth doctor uh his stories as you mentioned like just a little while ago on the show that you know uh colin really did come to his own as far as being the doctor um his portrayal of the doctor in with big finish and uh and yeah so i was uh you know um You know, we're going to talk all about the details and everything, but I will say that after listening to it, and I've been, and Matthew might know this, and if you don't, uh, sorry, but, uh, um, sorry, not sorry, hashtag, right? Uh, But um, uh, I'm really critical of Big Finish Adventures. I'm really critical of a lot of things, but um, uh, so Big Finishes are sometimes, uh, you know. Uh, pretty decent. Uh, sometimes I, I find them lacking in the writing, um, and there's few and far between that I find one that's like, "Oh, this is really amazing." Um, listening to this one, I would have to put it um, above anything else I've ever listened to from Big Finish. This is um, this is my favorite now. My not my not only my favorite Colin Baker Big Finish it's my favorite Colin Baker story. Uh, including all the ones that, you know, the film on the BBC and it's my favorite, probably my favorite big finished adventure that I've ever listened to. This one is so well done. It's so fun. It is, uh, it, it doesn't get boring at all. Um, you know, it's four parts, but each one is, uh, it's pretty, it's, you know, it works out like a old doctor who serial, really. Um, And, uh, you know, I just was compelled, I didn't know where it was going. I think the third act is a little weaker than I would like but, um, but the first two, uh, or I should say the first three episodes were just amazing the cast, not only Colin, but Maggie Stables is Evelyn Smythe I was like man I really like this companion like this is a lot different than any companion that I'm familiar with um, in in any sort of way. uh, Martin Jarvis as Nigel Rochester was amazingly campy and he was so fun to listen to uh, Miriam uh, Rochester as a character played by Rosalind Ayers was pretty good as well uh, the rest of the cast was just great I of course Nicholas Briggs is you know doing Dalek voices all over the place um, yeah I, I I, loved it I, this is, this is uh, easily like I said one of the best big Finnish stories I've ever listened
1: to. No, it was a lot of fun. And like you said, it was very easy to listen to. It was, you know, I listened to this while I was working today and it was fun. I actually caught myself multiple times, like grinning because it was just, you know, it was a good story. It was a really, really good story. So it was, it was fun. And I'm glad I chose this one for, to, for you to be introduced to the Six Doctors, Solo Adventures, in Big Finish. Because we've listened to his combinations, like with the Multiple Doctor stories and such.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've listened to him. He's on, you know, he's with Multiple Doctors or River you know, other Song. doctors. He, he's, with, he's on the River Song uh, adventure. And even that I thought was not the best. Um, but this is... This is, this was great. Uh, And he was great in it, Um, you know, playing two parts, (laughs) you know? Oh yeah. Two doctors and both of them are him.
1: Exactly. Yep. (laughs) And it, Uh, it was, it was interesting because, you know, the whole wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff and some of it, they didn't even touch on, you know? Yeah. And so the whole thing like with, you know, what happened to Evelyn from the doctor who had his legs cut off or, you know? And or what happened? You know, how did they get capture them, and you know things like that. It was really interesting to see.
0: Yeah, it creates a whole little world in its own right because there's a hundred years between the events in the past and the events in the present day of the story. So it creates a whole little world there that you can imagine so much stuff happening in. And Rob Sherman just, in writing it kind of channels. You think about Bob Holmes and. Stories like the Talons of Wang Chiang, for example, where there's lots of references to the backstory of how everything got here that just create worlds in their own right where you go, well, wow, I want to know more about that. And, of course, the story never touches upon any of that.
1: (laughs) And that was pure genius, the way they did that. And and that's it made it more interesting because you were able to use your imagination for a lot of these things. And that's what made it even more fun. So. Yeah. Kudos to that.
2: What what what's your history with it, Matthew? Like cuz uh yeah, when did you first listen to this one? I'm
0: trying to remember when I first heard it. It it was definitely fairly early on in my time with Big Finish cuz I got into Big Finish pretty soon after I got into who in a big way back in 2007. And I don't I I think it was my first proper six doctor audio cuz I heard him in Zagreus uh prior to this point. And it was just one that i I knew that the the Chris Eccleston Dalek episode had been inspired by this, and it was one that people even in two thousand and seven were talking about a lot so i I remember getting it and listening to it for the first time and just being in awe of what I was listening to going wow this is this is something very different from what I was expecting." Um, and it's one I come back to from uh, from time to time, and it's been a couple of years since the last time I'd heard it, but it's one of those big finished stories that has a permanent place on my iPod, where, you know, if I'm trying to figure out a big finished story to listen to, or I don't know what I want to listen to, it's one of those stories I'll go back to just because it's just a, it's just a fantastic piece of work, especially now as as a published author of Alternate History. Uh, Coming into it on this most recent list, and I I was just very much in awe of all the world building that Rob Sherman did with very little detail, if you really think about it.
1: And that was what was interesting, you know, the whole thing, how America was a British colony again. Yeah. And it was, you know, they even touched on it, the uh, Second American Revolution of 1945. It was just like. 43. 43, sorry. That's right. It's
0: okay. <laughs>
1: and it was it was interesting. So because of this, you know, there was no Second World War and the only war world war they had was against the Daleks. Mm. So it was it was neat. It was some really neat history rewriting and it often, you know, that goes into the questions of like when the Doctor leaves What does he leave behind and what happens? And this time because of him doing something changed history completely.
2: Yeah. What I really enjoyed too is the, you know, it starts off with Evelyn and the doctor having sort of a debate about, you know, history and, um, you know, whether it's uh, written by the, the, the victors and whatnot, and, and whether you, you know, comparing written history or told history with the events that as they actually happen. And that becomes a, a a thread throughout the whole story and pays off in a really interesting way. I mean, it's something that, you know, sometimes these stories lose their focus, but this one seemed to really be on point um, so much so that, and, and, and the doctor, I think Colin gives one of the best, certainly I think in my opinion, His best Doctor speech, uh, uh, throughout his run, his entire run, when he is talking about the monsters, uh, talking about the evil, and he's not referring to the dialects. You know, we've heard the Doctor before be critical of of humans and and folks on Earth like us, but man, that was like that was really really potent as far as a speech goes, and his sort of disgust. At what we could become.
0: Yeah.
1: Now that's actually a good way to put it because, you know, he started describing, you know, an invasive species and blah, and he did all these things and the, and Evelyn said, Oh, the Daleks. He says, no humans. Yeah. And it was just like, it's true. If you think about it throughout our history and let loose. You know, with technology and such. And that kind of ties into a little bit what we were talking about on Earth Station One last night when we were talking about UFOs and what it would be like for aliens actually coming to this world and, you know, how we would react to them. So it would just be very, very interesting to see what happened with that. Yeah. And, and
0: particularly, you think about where, as as the doctor points out, where the British Empire was in 1903, when the Daleks show up in this, and it's, it's the height of imperialism, the powder keg has lit on, has already been lit on what's going to be World War One, And imagine somebody within, imagine one of those empires with incredibly advanced technology, um, go, then having the ability to sort of write their will, you know, full force across the world with very little to stop them. Um, it's, it's rather terrifying to think about in some ways. It's a, it's a fascinating story. And it's, it's the, the whole theme about history and what we make of it and what we choose to remember is one of those themes that Sherman comes back to time and again in his Doctor Who writing. And I don't know if he, either one of you heard The Holy Terror, for example, um, which is his earlier Six Doctor story uh, with Frobisher as the companion deals with a similar theme. And to a certain extent, his eighth Doctor audio, The Chimes of Midnight, uh, deals with that as well. So I think it's one of those things that it's a preoccupation, perhaps, of of Sherman's writing, but I don't think it's ever come across quite so strongly as it does here.
2: I I love the, uh, you know, because it really did, you know, make me think. I mean, he, obviously, what you're talking about, you know, the English Empire becomes something much more terrible than even, like, in our own, You know, you would think that in our own in our own timeline, the actual timeline, nothing could be worse than the Nazis. Right. But the but the English Empire says, "Hold, hold my hold my pint. Right. Like, like, no, no, we'll be we'll be even worse than the Nazis. And the doctor makes an interesting point, too, about how, you know, um, the Nazis are are an evil organization and there's something to historically to learn from and make sure that it doesn't happen again and to be horrified about. And yet we have trivialized, trivialized them by constantly having them get beat up by Captain America or Indiana Jones or whatnot. And they're great bad guys. But, you know, when you see that on the screen uh, over and over again, you don't take them as seriously. And, um, you know, it's very interesting when, especially when he's, when he's confronted with his own, um prejudice against the daleks uh by uh <laughs> i just want to call it evelyn smythe <laughs> um but uh um you know that's that's a pretty much uh, a come to a come to dalek moment for the doctor mm. In a
0: weird way, it's a story that feels a lot more relevant now than it did when I first heard it in two thousand and seven
2: you know i i I, I I would imagine so i mean I was surprised at how relevant you know, and not just because not just because it's dealing with variants quote unquote right This is a new term that we've gotten from Loki about you know offshoots of the timeline and everything like that so for fans of if you can understand that, you can understand what's going on here yeah.
1: Very much uh, so. And that's not an alligator doctor, but... No, thank God. <laughs> think, uh,
2: but there's a legless doctor. Yeah. yeah.
1: But it's pretty much how this story pretty much is the basis for Dalek in the new series. You know, of course, it's not the same story at all. At all. At all. No, not really. And it's interesting because that's the reason I listen, I purchased this one originally because friends had told me, Oh, Jubilee, that's what Dalek was based off of. And I almost expected the same kind of story that but featuring the sixth doctor instead of the ninth Doctor. And, and didn't even get in the-,
2: the first couple episodes, you kind of think, okay, that's where they're going. But it really isn't. Uh I mean Yeah, I can see where the seeds and there's some similarities for sure. Um, but um and it's one of those ones too where I was kind of like, you know, Dalek is such an amazing episode. I mean, we've talked about it, we reviewed it on the show. I think we gave it like I think I gave it like five stars.
1: I think we Um, all did.
2: Yeah, and I'm not taking anything away from that Ninth Doctor story. Uh, but in some ways this is like this is like greater than that story. Like this is this is impressive um the way that the the Daleks are sort of dissected by the story um is really brutal yeah it's it's
0: it's a it's very brutal in places but the brutality of it is offset by by sherman's Black humor, which right. isn't which isn't so much in the TV episode, I think, because it went through fourteen drafts or something in the process of getting from page to screen. And I know several years ago, DWM uh, printed his original pitch. For doing it on TV and it was a bit more it was a bit closer to Jubilee and I think some of the character names were the same but I think that Sherman's strain of black humor is kind of missing from the eventual episode but it's it's here in spades um in this one and I think that offsets some of the some of the more darker elements of it because you know there's there's at one point where somebody's head gets brought in you're like ugh. but they're but everybody's playing it kind of Kind of, you know, not over the tops, the wrong words, but there's sort of a there's sort of a more comedic edge to it.
1: Yes and no, but, but it almost seemed like the people were desensitized to all the violence and the, yeah. the de- beheadings and all the just killing right on the spot. You know, literally, you know, people were stabbing each other or these were a lot of sadism. It almost felt like they were sadists. In the- yeah. And yeah, it almost, the it was interesting. Sorry, Mikey, but it mm-hmm. almost seemed like the president and the, you know, first lady or whatever, Madam president who then betrayed against the president. It almost felt like when I was listening to them go banter back and forth. I don't know if you guys remember Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the, King and the queen of the village of that, you know, that they had in this, in the fairy tale. It was like, almost seemed like that's the kind of relationship they had where they kept on banging on each other and beating each other up. And it was just like, that's exactly what it seemed like.
2: Mm.
0: Fun fact, uh, Barton Jarvis and Rosalind Ayers are buried in real life, by the way.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. That you could great. tell. You could tell. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's definitely some chemistry there. Um, I, and I love their, you know, whatever I feel like the, about the third act that might have been dropped, it certainly wasn't their end. Uh, they, uh, they're right down to their last scene together. They're just great uh, to listen to. Um, but to Matthew's point about the brutality mixed with like humor, um, yeah I mean, we have a doctor who has his legs chopped off, which is and really just like defeated in a way that we 've never seen him before and that 's quite disturbing to listen to. Um, what happens to the alternate evelyn is is really disturbing mm. um, the uh, the The president uh chops off the arms of an American little person. To sort of make, just make him fit into a Dalek um, prop or whatever, and that's just like horrifying, but yet then you have these scenes, that same, that same, those same Daleks that have little people in them start singing in the third act, um, and you have singing Daleks, and it's just, when the Daleks, when the actual Daleks come across them, it's one of those scenes that's just so classic. It's like, yeah, this if this was actually filmed, this would be something that would be a mem- remembered forever. Um it would be as memorable as the first time the Daleks meet the Cybermen. It's just that kind of uh that kind of back and forth. It's just it's just crazy. It's just using the Daleks for You know, we've seen some, there's so many Dalek stories out there and we've talked about, unfortunately, we've talked about, you know, a lot of the ones that uh, the creator of the Daleks himself has written. But I got to say, it's really tricky to come across a really good one that makes the Daleks scary, that makes them threatening, that makes them, that you respect them as as villains. And then in in this case, you even feel sympathy for them. It's just really Mm -hmm. well done.
0: That scene has one of my favorite Dalek lines in it. At the end of it, where the Dalek goes, "Daleks do not sing." <laughs>
2: that was right. awesome. That, that that would be a meme, right? That would be like, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's 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 great. That's yeah, and it, it kept on, it, it felt
1: would, like something out of Monty Python. Do you want us to hear our song now? You know, throughout the whole thing. No, 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 no songs, no songs, no, no, no. That would be oh. silly. Yeah. It's like, oh, sorry. Exactly. It's a, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, that was kind of gruesome though. When, you know, I can't fit in there. My arms you know, won't, won't fit. Well, hold on. And he, you hear him cutting off. And it's like, and he, at the time he was trying to convince the doctor that he was not a bad man, you know?
2: Yeah, the uh, I, I just have know, to that, pretend to be that characteristic of Nigel, and I think that that comes in the the second or third episode where he's just sort of taking the and he you know he sort of confides in him like, look, I'm not really that bad of a guy. I just have to do this because the position I'm in. And you actually think like, really is this kind of true? Because Evelyn's with the with the first lady, and you and she's going through some stuff, and you're kind of like, like going, okay, maybe there's some hope here for humans. And then it turns out that Nigel is just.
1: B.S. crazy. Bat blank,
2: bat blank yeah. crazy. Like he is just like he is. He, you know, you thought, well, he can't get any crazier. He can't get any worse. But like, oh no, he's bipolar too. That's uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's a that's a <laughs> that's a scary thing. Schizophrenic, even. Like it's just like he takes it to a whole different level, and yeah. uh, um, it really allows him to really play with it. And uh, I I think he's one of the best foils uh, for the doctor. Like that I've ever encountered. Yeah.
0: I mean, everybody in this story is employing the Nuremberg defense to some extent, you know, I'm just following orders. I'm just doing this because this is my role in this world. Um, And going back to Dalek, I mean, there, there's shades of Henry Van Staten in, in Rochester as a character. Um, You know, Van Staten's not quite, I think as callous. As Rochester is, but you can see a lot of the characteristics carrying over, you know, they've, they've both got their obsessions with alien technology in, in Rochester's cases, specifically the Daleks, and they're both desperate to get the Dalek to talk to them in the early parts of the story. Um, and they're both constantly in their things, trivializing people and being, you know, sort of the banality of evil in some respects, but at the end, keep going throughout it. I'm a good person, you know, I'm, I'm not that bad. hmm
2: the uh the key i think that is the thread that that links these two is that there are the scenes where the doctor is is a, you know um facing the dalek and obviously the doctor is 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 angry uh he is you know their sworn enemy and all that kind of thing and he has no sympathy for them and it is the uh, it comes upon the companion to remind him that yes the daleks are beings too and they they deserve some method or some uh, semblance of some sort of compassion, which the doctor doesn't see. Now, the difference is in this one, I felt and maybe maybe this is just me putting this on this, but I felt like Colin was really not only, you know, with the history of the doctor and the Daleks, not only channeling that, but also kind of channeling the fact that he was angry with himself because at one point the doctor had the chance, as we all know, to rid the universe of Daleks and he did not do so. And I think that, I don't know. I kind of felt like Colin was, was channeling the other Baker and thinking, you know, I, I must remove them all because I had the chance and I didn't take it. And that was a mistake. And now I have to continue. Now I have to do it for real. Yeah. Whereas, whereas of course, sorry, But whereas, of course, in, you know, Chris Eccleston's doctor is mad at them because this is after the Time War Mm -hmm. and the Daleks are responsible for, you know, um, him being the only, quote unquote, Gallifreyan or the only Time Lord. So so he's got a different kind of anger than Colin does. And it really, I think, is uh, telling the way that both of them sort of react to that.
0: Yeah, that was that was what I was going to pick up on, is that, you know, the sixth Doctor here doesn't have the time warp baggage that Christopher Eccleston's Doctor has no. later. But the, a lot of those scenes play out in very similar ways. You know, the, the first episode, Cliffhanger, and the way that episode two initially picks up, you know, basically is that first scene with the Doctor and the Dalek, the very beginning of it, mm-hmm. uh, in the Eccleston episode. They're almost word for word in place. Oh, they're <laughs> I mean.
1: exactly, you know, da. Doctor, doctor, you know, it was just like, and it was, it was just like, it it gave me goosebumps hearing it on the audio because you you visually have the scene with Eccleston in your head. So, you know, exactly what it probably would be looking like. So that was pretty awesome. And it's the, then the, you know, between Evelyn and Rose, you had almost the same kind of relationship with the Dalek. Yeah too so that was pretty amazing also except for you didn't get rose you know evelyn to do a handprint on the uh top of the uh, dalek
0: yeah well it's because you need something more visual on on tv because in this one it's just simply you know the dalek gets its gun back and time ends up trying to sort itself out by bringing everything together at once um exactly how that works. Doesn't really get explained by Sherman in the audio, nope. but you know, the story is just so good. And I think you get caught up in it so much that you just don't really care.
1: He did. It's just called because of doctor who. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: um, before we, I, you know, I imagine we're going to start to wrap up pretty soon, but I have to say uh, one thing we haven't talked about that. I have to mention is the wonderful, amazing, uh, teaser trailer that's uh that opens this story uh the doctor being an action hero and uh with uh, the trailer complete with uh you know um a voiceover and you know of course uh it's starring Plenty O'Toole as Evelyn Hotlip Smythe. Like it's just like I mean, it was such a blast to listen to. I was like, I want to watch that. I want to listen to watch that adventure. That sounds awesome. I know. <laughs> I, I almost figured. expected to hear
1: the Bond theme or something. After, <laughs> you know.
2: Yes. And, and it just goes, but you find out like, and it's as fun as it is, you know, everything that's fun here has, has like a dark meaning to it. You find out and later on you're like, oh yeah, that's. That's exactly the way we treat like the Nazis, you know, there's, there's Nazi toys, you know, the bad guys, stormtroopers, that kind of thing. And it's just like, it's just, it's kind of the same thing. It's not, um, you know, it's something that, that uh, I hadn't really given, to be honest with you, I hadn't really given a lot of thought to. And this one kind of uh, made me think about it that way. And uh, I always appreciate Doctor Who. I mean, that's what Doctor Who does best. Yeah.
0: I think the thing I picked up on from that trailer this time that I don't know if i would noticed quite so much before is at the very end of it, there's that kind of, you know, at the end of the car commercials where they're reading out all the legal terms and whatever else at the end of it, there's a version of that in this one that says, "Viewing is compulsory under the, you know, under the Historical Information Act of such and such, you know, you will be told where to go and all, you know, all glory to the British Empire. And it's like, I'd never noticed that before, <laughs> but it, it's great because it completely wrong foots you. Cause I can, I remember the first time I listened to it, hearing that trailer going, what the bleep
2: is this? <laughs> yeah, no, it's like the same thing. I did not expect it to start that way.
1: Yep. And I was like, "Is this a
2: trailer for an upcoming one?" It's That's like what I was thinking too. It's <laughs> yeah.
1: just like...
0: uh, apparently, I was because there was a wonderful book that was put out the year that this audio came out, called "The New Audio Adventures: The Inside Story," and it's it's out of print now. But I'm, I was very fortunate enough at Chicago Tardis several years ago to get a copy. And one of the things I was interested in as I was rereading the entry in there about this audio is that Rob Sherman wrote multiple versions of that. There should be something like that between each episode. Oh wow! But because of the, there was like, there was one that was supposed to be like, there's a famous clip amongst at least British fandom about um, how to make a Dalek cake from Blue Peter back in the 60s. So there was going to be a version of that for this that was actually apparently recorded, but because of the limits of two physical discs. Um, they ended up having to cut all but the movie trailer, which makes uh, me so sad because I'd love to have heard that
2: they need to come out with a special edition anniversary or whatever you want to call it edition of this that uh, um, that has that kind of stuff on it, as well as making of like, you know, that kind of thing. But um, because I would I, I would rebuy this in a heartbeat if it, it had more fun stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I definitely would. And, you know, my CD version is actually signed by Colin Baker and Rob Sherman, and I can't remember who else. Nick Briggs, too, I think. You know, I would would happily, if they brought out a special edition of it and included those kinds of things, I'm with you, Mike. I'd absolutely buy it in a heartbeat. Yeah, we have to give a big
1: shout-out, though, also to Nick for his work as the Daleks.
0: Oh, yes. You
1: know, we haven't even mentioned him at all. You know, and it's been, he was amazing as the one Dalek that was captured and tortured. And you actually started feeling sorry for that Dalek at some points. Yeah. And
2: and he does a really good job at, at doing two Daleks talking to one another and still being able to tell them apart. Like you shouldn't be able to, and visually, you know, you wouldn't be able to, if it was on like TV or something, because you visually, you could see that it was one talking to another, but you don't have that luxury here with big finish. And yet they're still able to 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 carry that across, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so the only criticism I have with it, like I said, the third act, the the time crash explanation, I, I just didn't feel like it was very satisfying. It wasn't really, but to me, that was just sort of the, uh, you know, the MacGuffin, if you will. That was just sort of the vehicle that they used to get here. So I liked where we were. So I didn't really care about exactly how that worked, but it it I thought it was a little slippy, slippery, uh, slippery and, and it wasn't. It didn't really end in a way that I I was completely satisfied with. But both the um, yeah, the 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 character arcs and everything like that ended in very satisfying ways.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those I can forgive it for some of the looseness of the plotting in places about exactly how, as you said, the time crashing together ends up actually happening. Yeah. Um, I can forgive it for that because... Both because it's absolutely engrossing, but just because it's a brilliantly, otherwise brilliantly done piece of work. You, it's it's a fully realized world with some great characters. And talking of going back to where we were talking about Briggs, I think RTD has said that this was the this was the audio that he listened to that convinced him that, to bring Nick Briggs in to play the role on TV. So mm. you know, and we can. He's been doing the role, voicing Daleks and everything else on TV
2: for. Fifteen, sixteen years now as a result of this audio, and I doubt he'll stop, even with the new regime coming in. Um, I, because uh, we know there's going to be Daleks at some point. Um, <laughs> really, Mike? Are you sure? Uh, so, yeah. so he he is the constant throughout all of New Who, right? Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, it's, as as
0: Sherman writes in this, you know, the doctor and the Daleks, you can't have one without the other.
2: Exactly. And, uh, and, and yeah, like the, the time crash stuff, you know, like, I think it was just wrapped up a little too nicely. I mean, even the doctor, like the Evelyn's like, uh, Evelyn says, I like, don't really understand what, what happened. And he's like, he just kind of like brushes it off. And, and I'm like, eh, that's kind of weak, but uh, you know what, like I said, um, I understand that Sherman got himself into a little bit of a pickle there and just was like, wrote it off, you know, because Doctor Who, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think
0: part of it, too, is that this wasn't originally pitched for Big Finish. It was pitched for the BBC website. Because if you remember, this is the period when the the quote-unquote webcasts mm-hmm. were being done. You know, Death Comes to Time, Real Time, and Shada, And this was actually originally pitched in the place of what became Real Time. Um, It should have been 60-odd minutes instead of the, was it, two and a half hours that it runs through on CD. Um, And that was also part of why the time paradox is there, too, because for those who've heard real time, uh, which you can still get on CD, even though it's not on the BBC website anymore, also does a similar time paradox thing as well, but with the Cybermen instead of the Daleks, even though it's, it's written by a completely different writer. So, I, I have to say, I'd be very curious to step into the parallel universe where this got done in, like, six or seven ten-minute episodes and figure out how in the world they would have told that story.
2: Well, you know, you could, but then that would involve being, like, another uh, English Empire and things would be awful and, you know, you, you don't want to experience that, Matthew. Yeah, Nick Courtney wearing an eye patch. <laughs> Who knows? Like you maybe know, maybe Colin Baker
1: of, was wearing an eye patch. We don't know. One, yes.
2: one of us one of us might have had got their legs chopped off. You know, that's that's some pretty dangerous ground. You don't you don't want to start messing with stuff like that. So very true. So but uh otherwise, this was yeah, this was amazing. This was really, really good.
1: That is awesome. I'm glad we all enjoyed this one. Do we want to rate it or does it just get a thumbs up for from each one of us?
2: Yeah, thumbs up from me. Uh, A huge thumbs up. I mean, if I do rate it some, you know, give it some TARDISes, it's a five.
1: That's awesome. Me too.
2: It's a five TARDIS for me. Like I said, it is the, it is the best, um, you know, and it didn't even have River Song in it. So, like, that's a lot coming from me. Right? That's it. That's a lot.
1: <laughs> and the, hey, it was great we didn't have to have the River Song theme in this one, too.
2: Well, so. that, you know, every big finish gets a point automatically because of that. Or, like, ten points, really. Um, automatically because they don't have that. And, of course, the River Song ones don't. They lose ten points automatically because of that. So, uh, But, yeah, this is uh, probably my favorite one that I've listened to that... uh Uh, period. Uh, I was going to say that didn't have Alex Kingston's voice associated with it, but even I, I take this one even over those.
1: Cool. Very cool. All right. So I think that is going to wrap it up then for tonight. I wanted to, of course, thank Matthew for being here. Thank you. Anything you want to approve or talk about? Real quick.
0: Well, I I did want to say for those who are interested in uh, maybe a, a slightly further discussion of the you know the connections between Jubilee and Dalek, um, just to be terribly self promotional and blow my own trumpet here. Back in 2015, I wrote an article on just this topic uh, for the Warp Factor website. Uh, which you can find on there. Just go to warpfactor.com and you can put in my name, uh, Matthew Kressel and Jubilee into the search bar. And it should be the first result uh, based upon when I did it earlier.
1: Awesome. Awesome. We'll take a peek at that. Cause I'm curious what, if time has changed this at all.
0: <laughs> so,
1: and Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend we
2: did and as always it's my pleasure i would love to to hear what mary would have thought about this one um uh, you know it's a bummer that she's not here but um you know like I, I i'm sure she would have loved it as well so um hopefully we'll get her thoughts on it at some point
1: excellent excellent yes I'm but sure. you know if we
2: need to listen to this and review it again at some point i'm all for that i'd be happy to come back
1: <laughs> Yeah! You know, wow we really had to twist his arm on that one there i know right well, definitely would love to hear from everybody at home, feedback at Earth Station Who. Of course, we have the EarthStationWho.com to check out past episodes. We also have a great Facebook group for where we're going to be talking about a whole lot of different things. And like we t- mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are going to be doing two panels at DragonCon. One of them is already recorded. It's going to be one of the virtual panels where we talk all about the Big finished Night Doctor adventure that has already been published. And it's myself, Mike, and Mary, and we have a few friends join us, and we talk all about Chris Eccleston's first foray into... Big finish, and it was a lot of fun for that.
2: That one's virtually so. If you're going to the show, you won't be able to see that at the show. They, uh, but, but they will uh, be showing
1: just, it on DragonCon TV or right. so different you places. Have to
2: subscribe to, but the good news is, if you're not going to the show, you can still you can still watch that. One exactly, as well. it's just sign up for DragonCon TV.
1: But I did find out we on Saturday we don't have a time yet, and everything is still in flux at DragonCon anyway. So that's why. Another reason we're not giving times. But right now on Saturday, we are doing Earth Station Who looks at the 25th anniversary. Can't believe it's been that long already of the Doctor Who movie, which introduced Paul McGann as the eighth Doctor. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure we're going to be having fun talking about Eric Roberts again. <laughs> So, so uh,
2: I I am also slated to do um, a new series Doctor Who uh panel as well that same day Saturday so later on in the day so mm-hmm. I know um, but of course all of this is tentative so
1: everything at Dragon Con is tentative right now
2: <laughs> extremely tentative exactly. even more so than usual
1: and I'm going to be doing a Doctor Who in social media on Monday so. Definitely check out the schedules, check out the app when it ever comes out, everyone drink. And so, you know, please, everybody have, you know, be safe. Please take care of yourself. And of course, get vaccinated. We'll be back again in two weeks when we are going to be looking at the first doctor era. We are looking at the sensorites. So it should be a interesting story to talk about so until then my name is mike faber on behalf of myself matthew kressel mr mike gordon and mary ogle who couldn't be with us tonight please take care of yourself be safe peace and we are done Boom.
2: you have been listening to
1: earth station who
2: a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things dr who featuring talents from across the universe All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes.